the ones that I see here in Italy, I don't know if uh, in Canada or in the States the sounds are different, but here Toyota, for instance, is very abstract, uh, high pitched, is a, is a bicord, like this, for instance. Uh, Renault is more reassuring, more, uh, is warm, is, um, uh, welcoming, is um, a little bit more, you know, um, uh, is less cold than, than other sounds. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I guess maybe if it doesn't focus specifically on the sound of the engine, mm. but even the engine sounds have been changing over the years, right? Yes, like I... they're, they're getting, like you said, they're getting softer yes, or they're yes. getting electric. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangle. Let's delve a little deeper. Here's the first part of my conversation with Andrea Ciara. My next guest is an Italian sound designer and composer classically trained in piano and composition, along with extensive learning in computer music. Since 1998, he's created over 40 soundtracks for contemporary dance and theater works. He's collaborated with Casa Paganini, InfoMuse, University of Genova, in research projects about cross-modality and human movement sonification. In the 2010s, he began a collaboration with IRCAM and Renault for the design of external electric cars sounds, from Renault Zoe to the new collection eTech 2022. His name is Andrea Ciera, and if you'd like to know more about designing sound for a purpose, he's definitely the person to talk to. We'll cover both sides of that coin, the unobtrusive side and the very deliberately intrusive side of things, like sound as art. This'll be a fascinating discussion, so stay tuned. As always, if you have questions for my guest, you're welcome to reach out through the links in the show notes. If you have questions for me, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com, where you'll find a lot of ways to get in touch. You can also join regular Clubhouse chats in the Power of Sound house at 2 p.m. Eastern every Wednesday. Plus, subscribing to the newsletter will let you know when the new podcasts are available and what the newest Clubhouse rooms will be about. And if you're getting some value from listening, the best ways to show your support are to share this podcast with a friend and leave an honest review. Both those things really help, and I'd love to feature your review on future podcasts. You can leave one either in written or in voice format from the podcast's main page. I would so appreciate that. And now, here's my conversation with Andrea Cera. Welcome, welcome, Andrea. It's so great to have you here. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, and I've been looking forward to this. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> big honor. Very excited. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it was great meeting you in the International Sound Awards. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of interesting people and a lot of uh, interesting things to look at and listen to. And and yeah, um, I, it was very educational, I think, for everyone that participated. So I'm uh, glad. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, a great occasion to check out different types of projects. Sometimes someone are very commercial, big, big uh, sound design firms, uh, and some others are more experimental or 
research. So it's always a, a good occasion to learn something new. Yeah, very much so. I was impressed with a lot of what I was seeing. And uh, it was good to see where the innovations are happening. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to yeah. seeing what comes. Yes. And you were a great host. I have, I have <laughs> to you. say, yes, absolutely. But I think it's your voice, uh, you know, because uh, since I, I really reflected about it and say, wow, if I had such a voice, be... <laughs> but do you study to have, I mean, do you practice or is it natural? Your voice. Oh, the the voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm I'm a singer, so I've been singing all my life. I don't know, maybe that has something to do with it. My grandfather had the most gorgeous, really deep, chocolatey radio voice. Mm -hmm. um, but you, on but my you, mom's side, you inherited the is in your genes, of course. <laughs> yeah, because it is uh, clear, and and you have this little hiss. Uh, ah, also okay. the little air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I I I'm happy that it it is enjoyable for people and and that's that's really um it's very fulfilling for me actually because then I can calm people down, you know. It's exactly. all about it's all about feeling emotion, which is yes, yes, what yes. sound does, right? We've yeah. we've been talking about this for a while now. Yeah. And yeah, speaking but, you of know, that, no, no, no wait, wait, no, because yeah. uh, uh, I was because uh, <laughs> the other day I was driving, yeah, and so I'm driving alone in the car, and I try to, you know, to imitate your. And <laughs> I, after two minutes, I was coughing <laughs> like this, <laughs> and I thought, uh, did, did you ever see the Altamont concert, the infamous Altamont concert, where the Rolling Stones? Uh, there was a one a one murder in the concert. Uh, it, it, oh no! It 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 was a uh, you know a kind of uh, a Woodstock in the uh, West Coast. Mm -hmm. Bad acid circulating between people, riots, and um. and, and there is one moment where the thirteen floor elevators play, and, and the girl who sings, uh, they see a riot, and she starts calming the people, and she has this. Like in I don't know, t ten seconds. She she talks like with your tone like this, okay. and <laughs> and the riot stops. <laughs> so I could stop riots. Okay, <laughs> good to know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> But getting on to your background in this, yes, yes. I would love to know if you have an early memory of how sound moved you. Yeah. Um, so um, uh, this is more or less like this. Uh, it the the realization re realization of the power of sound to me it came very late, mm -hmm. like when it was thirty. Okay. And the reason is that uh, for me, music is a kind of uh, native tongue. Probably uh, I learned at the same time to play a little glockenspiel and to talk, you know. So mm -hmm. uh, for me, um, uh, sound and music are never been a mystery or something, you know. Then, uh, so I, I started 
you know, I had a, my own piano that I, I, I learned to, to play it, like uh, understanding the, the, the keyboard without lessons, stuff, stuff like this. And about 15, 16 years old, I, when I came back from school, uh, I eat and then I will put the headphones and relax listening. I don't know. At the time I had the, the uh, Sacre du Printemps, le, the Rite of Spring by Stravinsky. Okay. And yeah. I, I got out of the world, you know, uh, I discovered that when I was 15, 16. But uh, the real realization, it was uh, um, when I, I started having some kind of big audience for me, like three, 300, 500 persons. And when I was 30, 30 to 40, I made a lot of music for choreographers, uh, for theater productions, and uh, I don't play live. I stay behind uh, uh, the scene uh, with the, the sound engineers and light engineers. And, and I, I, do, I, I don't do nothing. I just watch the public. And uh, when I had some, like... Mm, 300, 500 persons, I could really see the effect uh, of, of the sound. Like uh, uh, you can make some kind of multi-layered complex uh, situation and you see the heads moving uh, in, in an independent way. They, they look different dancers or performers. But then you start a, a slow crescendo and everybody freeze. And you see the heads of the people that don't move. Interesting. Or, yeah, yeah. And, and it was uh, um, around that age that I really started to say, wow, I mean, uh, what you learn studying composition really works uh, in a kind of subconscious way, even if you have very sophisticated audience, like the Parisian public who go see contemporary dance, still, if you do something like you... Uh, you disrupt their attention, for instance, or you create a soundscape and then you stop it. You, you see people freeze. And, and that came later. And it was like the, the end of this long process of uh, being natural in music and un understanding the power of it. Mm. So I don't yeah. have a, a moment. Right. <laughs> it's okay. It seems like it's a progression. It's moved over time. And mm. yeah, I guess seeing the way that would affect an audience in real time would be really fascinating. Uh, I, it's, a, it's a gift. And I had, uh, because uh, from 30 to 40, I made a mm -hmm. lot of collaborations with choreographers and, and performers, etc. And since, since I don't play, uh, when I go to the performance, I like to observe the public and uh, you learn a lot of things. I'll bet, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the... did that did that get you into sound design? Because that's that's kind <sighs> of like a different branch of yeah. that, I would gather. Mm, uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, why uh, why um, what what happened is that uh, in fact, uh, well, when you work with theater or or dance, you you are not a typical musician mm. in a way. Uh, because there are many points where you just design things that help uh, the uh, the visual part, for instance, or, or the choreography. You don't want to to take 
the same place as the choreographer. So here you go outside the intrusive uh, element of typical music that is made for be listened to. Um, you you do something else, uh, and and this is more like the the first examples of design for me. Uh, like sometimes you know you need just to put a sinusoid like this for two minutes and it will be perfect and is you cannot call this music you know you just you just made a sinusoid and with a certain uh, choreography it will be perfect or i don't know uh, sometimes uh, with a with an italian company which is called ricci forte uh, we played at the beginning of the show the sound of you know the gas uh, in the kitchen, the, the the gas. Okay, you open yeah. the gas and you don't put the flame. Ah, so, yes. Okay, so the air. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I recorded that, which is kind of danger dangerous because uh, <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> Got to be it. careful. Exactly. <laughs> and I I looped and we put just this at the beginning of the show and it, for instance, it creates uh, some kind of almost inaudible sense of danger um interesting yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and I, of course this is design uh, because it has to be um distillated for me uh, design is distillation is taking away and just using the minimum uh, uh, necessary to convey uh, a sensation thanks for taking the time to listen Quick question. Do you know anyone else who could benefit from hearing more about how powerful sound can be? If so, would you mind sharing this podcast with them? It would mean so much to me. Now, I'll stop interrupting and let you get back to the show. From there, uh, what happened? It happened that uh, I was invited to do uh, a collaboration for, a, for an interesting exposition about Roland Barthes, the French philosopher, at the Centre Pompidou, you know, the Beaubourg, the, the, the Centre Pompidou in Paris. And here um, I was uh, invited to, you know, to design some kind of inaudible sounds that allowed to differentiate the different zone of the, um, the exposition. And, and here I worked with uh, uh, um, the, the equipe of the Centre Pompidou which uh, ha have a tradition to do that. So you don't realize, but there is some kind of a very subtle sound that, that paint the atmosphere of, of different spaces. And this is another case of uh, some design. And from there, since, you know, the Centre Pompidou is uh, uh, in correlation with IRCAM, and the IRCAM is this uh, um, center for researching uh, uh, computer science, uh, acoustics, uh, psychoacoustics, and music. From there, I started collaborating with the sound design department of IRCAM. And then we started working with Renault, the, the French uh, car maker. I was going to um, ask you about Renault. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's quite the transition. So so mm. you're you're working on things that people are seeing and hearing outside and experiencing and then going to something like a car where you're experiencing it on the inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well... Uh, and the outside, uh, I gather. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yes, because uh, over the years, uh, so the first uh, automotive stuff that we did was 
I think 2005 or six. And but the, the the big project was the sound for the external sound for uh, Renault Zoe. The electric cars. Yes, exactly. Yeah, is this yeah. artificial sound that the electric car have to make to be audible from the uh, bikers or, or people on the street? And um, uh, so we started from, from there, this collaboration, and then we practically uh, did all the concept of the Zoe, the first sound, and then all the concept card that came uh, after Zoe. Uh, there was a series of uh, uh, electric concept cars. And then uh, the, the, the last collection is uh, uh, the collection E-Tech in 2022. And we are still working now in future things. And is that for the internal or external or? Uh, so this is mainly external sounds. Okay. And, and occasionally we do also internal like blinkers um, and all the, the sounds. Uh, one interesting was in 2018, uh, we worked for sounds to uh, accompany the uh, autonomous drive experience. So the car is driving, you are reading your paper, but there are some sounds that uh, uh, help you understand what the car is doing. For instance, if there is a, a sudden turn, you have a little beep beep to be sure that uh, you, you don't get surprised by... Yeah, so you know what's going on. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's really fascinating. And yeah, so I guess the the sounds have changed between when you started in 2005 and how they've turned out in 2022. So what do you find was the biggest difference between well, the sounds earlier and the ones that are happening now? Well, um Things are, have changed. Uh, Zoe was probably the first electric car with a uh, external sound. So at the time, uh, our uh, project was to analyze some kind of average uh, sound, urban soundscape to find if there is a, an average frequential profile of urban soundscapes and to try to see if there are niches of frequencies where you can put the sound of the electric car in order to um, to 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 be audible without too much volume so the sound of Zoe is made following these principles today the sounds of the city is already changing Thanks for to many things, not only uh, yeah. electric cars, also the uh, normal cars now are much more silent. Interesting, so, I didn't realize that. So oh they're yes. getting even the regular cars are getting absolutely, quieter. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Okay. I have uh, I bought one car. I don't, I don't say the which car, but uh, from 2018, and is extremely silent, uh, almost like an electric car at very low speeds. Yeah. I'm impressed. Yes. And, I, I didn't and, think that was possible. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, now they have these little motors like uh, a 900 centimeter cubic and the, the, you know, the techniques for isolation for, for uh, improved a lot. So uh, now the sounds of the city is different. And at the same time, uh, you have many electric cars with, with sound. 
Okay, so um, uh, now there is maybe one uh, um, um, important thing to do is to differentiate the different models, the different uh, uh, brands. Um, at the same time, uh, the sounds can be even more uh, thin because there is less big noise. Um, yeah. So what would be the difference between Renault's branding sounds of mm. their car as opposed to maybe someone else? Like is there because there's a specific way that you're building sounds for Renault that you wouldn't build for someone else, right? Uh, absolutely, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, uh, the, so you have to imagine that Renault is a, now is a long story. Uh, when we did the uh, Zoe, uh, they made a lot of focus groups, uh, uh, interviews, uh, internal and external. Uh, we we did uh, some review of uh, also uh, the movies. Uh, how in, in, in cinema, some designers from the past imagined sound of uh, uh, non-combustion vehicles uh, to, to understand if the you know, collective imagination is ready for certain types, types of sounds. Uh, so th that was you know, a, a big uh, part of work at the beginning and, and then it, uh, the sound of Zoe uh, became some kind of a DNA almost, you know. And then uh, we worked to, to, to several uh, concept cars and each one uh, explored different dimensions. So when we arrived to the new collections of 2022, uh, these are some kind of um, uh, select selection of features from, uh, I don't know, the Desire, uh, concept car from 2011 and um, the you know uh, if you go on my uh, YouTube I have a, a complete playlist with all the sounds that we made um, and, and the 2022 are little pieces of one and the other a little bit of uh, remembering uh, the Zoe and that there is already uh, an aesthetic and uh, an history uh, a citation even yeah yeah. So, so what's the overarching theme then of Renault that that wouldn't yeah. be for another car? Like, what's continued throughout all those years? Yes. Well, Renault uh, is uh, is not a super super sport uh, brand. Um, is not uh, super technical. Uh, their image is more something reassuring, um, family okay. um, oriented. Yeah. Um, um, ah, now I have all all, all French words <laughs> come come come, come <laughs> in that. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's okay. It's 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 curious to me that that a brand would have its own sound. Like definitely, um, mm -hmm. I know that they would, but that they would carry that through into the internal sounds in the car and the external sounds of the car, which I think is very important. And I think a lot of cars are starting to do that. I know Mercedes has started doing yeah. their own sound system. Um, and there are a lot, I think, that are going to be taking part in yes. that music renaissance or that sound renaissance yes. because uh, well, of autonomous cars, right? Yes, like yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For, for what I, I can see, I saw that, for instance, Audi and yep. Porsche, for instance, mm -hmm. they tend to do sounds which 
some somehow uh, uh, resemble to some features of sport. Yes. Uh, um, th thermic uh, traditional sounds. Okay. In fact, they they really they they tend to to do a kind of electric version of a traditional sport motor engine. So the sound Sorry. of the engine is what yes, you're exactly, talking about. Exactly. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes, 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 the external okay. sound. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there are some, for instance, Toyota is very abstract. I mean, the ones that I see here in Italy, I don't know if uh, in Canada or in the, in the States, the sounds are different. But here, Toyota, for instance, is very abstract, uh, high-pitched, is a, is a bicord, like this, for instance. Uh, Renault is more reassuring, more, uh, is warm, is um, uh, welcoming, is um, a little bit more, you know, um, uh, is less cold than other sounds. Sure, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I guess maybe if it doesn't focus specifically on the sound of the engine. Mm. But even the engine sounds have been changing over the years, right? Yes, like I... they're, they're getting, like you said, they're getting softer yes, or yes. they're getting electric. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, of course, here I was talking about the fake electric, the, yes. the so-called, it's called AVAS. Okay. Uh, autonomous vehicle uh, alert uh, sound, so, something like this. I don't remember. Okay. Now, yeah, the... because it's it's necessary for people to be able to hear the car coming. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Do you want to sound your absolute best when you're being interviewed on a podcast or when you're hosting your own show? I have a podcast episode and free downloadable worksheet called Sounding Your Best as a Podcast Guest off of the audiobrandingpodcast.com main page. Just click on the little square graphic to the left of the player displaying my podcast trailer. It gives you some comprehensive suggestions for where to start or for improving the sound you already have, including the type of microphones to consider and why, ideas for soundproofing your recording environment, and suggestions on how to get the best sound when you're being remotely recorded on services like Riverside FM or Squadcast. Don't let bad audio quality hold you back from being the best podcast guest or host you can be. And of course, if you happen to need voiceover for your intro and outro, feel free to get in touch. I'm happy to help. And now, back to the podcast. It's really fascinating to see how this is changing over the years, too, especially with the outside environment that it's in having changed. It's interesting that it would need to uh, abide by what's happened in the cities or the places where you would be driving this car <laughs> yeah, yeah, to yeah. make the sounds work with the environment they're in. I, I just yeah. think that's really fascinating. Yeah. Then maybe today there's a strange phenomenon. So you have new cars or electric cars that are very quiet. Um, and at the same time, there is this uh, custom culture uh, where they 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 take a normal car and they transform it. Uh, ah, in... revving the engine. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and this also has has progressed in an incredible way. Uh, so they make really loud noises and and also bikes. And and also then there is the the industry of the super sport cars. Where I live, uh, almost uh, every day I see a Ferrari, a Maserati, stuff like this, and they make a, a hell of a noise, really. Also, they have uh, augmentation, they have resonators. Uh, uh, now there are uh, lo lots of techniques. So today, uh, the soundscape is strange because it can be very soft, 
but then you have some some individuals with a extremely loud uh, output much more than before probably yeah they can't help themselves <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> then used uh, here in italy where i live there is also some older uh, truck or bus with kind of noisy uh, emission and so basically the the saliency of sounds is is really different uh, like probably in the 70s uh the the traffic noise were more uh, homogeneous because the cars were more or less the same now yeah. you can have like uh, one minute of bliss of si almost silence uh, 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 an electric car passing and after two minutes you have a super super loud and that's <laughs> yeah maybe that's even uh worse uh than before maybe because uh, yeah. you have this uh, uh, up and downs of uh, auditory attention, which is really elicited in a violent and violent violent way when uh, uh, these motors engines pass. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, people driving motorcycles, it's the same deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think, unfortunately, I think that a lot of the cars in North America are a little louder because it's taking us a little longer to go the electric route. I think okay. in a lot of cases, and I am still hearing people with their, you know, hopped up engines and, uh, and I'm, I'm also hearing people with regular cars just driving along without the electric, you know, yes, loud yes, as whatever. Yes. <laughs> so yes. yeah, it's hard. I, I think it's interesting too, because we tend to drive bigger cars here than in oh, Europe. Yes. yes, yes. Because well, 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 farther spaces, true, but also wider streets. So yes, yes. yeah, there's, you know, there's not that, uh, I, I don't know if I'd call it an opportunity, but yeah, like we, I love small cars. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Personally myself, but yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, that, I, I don't know, then uh, with the time I work more and more over internet mm -hmm. so i tend to travel less so yeah, really so you're not seeing it as much yeah exactly so yeah. i have a, a small car i, I don't need the yeah yeah. Count yourself as lucky. <laughs> you not having to go and experience the big roads. Yeah, yeah it's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, I'm really fascinated by, by the on-the-road culture of the 60s and the 70s, really. There is, oh, those there is, were big cars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is one movie, uh, Two Lane Blacktop. I don't know if you ever... I have not uh, heard of that one, no. Uh, with uh, the, the, There are... Um, James Taylor, the singer, is okay. one actor, and the other is the drummer from the Beach Boys. Danny, oh, I love it. Okay. You have to see, if you like uh, uh, road movies, this one is really one to watch because uh, you have just these two guys with a, with a Chevrolet, and yep. they go, they, they, they travel, and you have a lot of scenes, uh, like at night. Yeah, the car sounds, yeah. And these two guys, they almost never talk. Uh, <laughs> they don't have name. The James Terror is the driver. Okay. Uh, and Wilson is uh, the mechanic. Okay. Know? And they drive, they drive for the, the whole movie. Beautiful, beautiful. That's a very cool concept. I'm going to have to look for that one, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> two lane blacktop. So, two lane blacktop. Okay. 
anyone who's listening, there you go. You got to check link. it out. Put a link yeah. on your... <laughs> we'll find it. This has been part one of our interview. I hope you'll tune in next week for part two. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time.